Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. You are here with myself, Aileen Day, and my very special guest today, we are joined by the one and only Tap Edit Go, master of everything, <laughs> video on your phone, Wes Allen. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Master of everything is probably a overcompensation of what I am, but that's, I like, I like the introduction. This is good. I like it. Look, I've decided on my business card. It should just say professional cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> done, now, done and done. You can be in my corner. It's fine. Woo-hoo. Now for those of you who don't know who Wes is, uh, as I say every week, where the hell have you been? But welcome. <laughs> uh, Wes is the founder of Tap Edit Go and has spent his entire career in film production uh, from working from film and TV industry on documentaries and now also running his own production company. But now the big, the big kahunas are out. Transition. And and you've gone out on your own and you are creating success everywhere you go with Tap Edit Go, teaching people how to create freaking amazing videos just using a smartphone. Mm. And people are doing amazingly. It's actually surprised me how amazing people can produce their content. I knew it was going to happen. I knew people could do so much, but I didn't realize how easily they could just take a little bit of knowledge and produce their own content. It really daunts a lot of people just to go from, I have never pressed record on a phone uh, that, and made it look half decent to a one day workshop is what we usually do. And then all of a sudden they're making great content. To be honest, I've actually had three students be hired by other people in their town <gasps> to make videos for their own business. So wow. and this is just after a one day workshop with me, which I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Well, you know, if someone finds their passion, they'll go and run with it. Well, they do it as a side hustle now as well. They call me up and they're like, how much are we meant to be charging for this? And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, I don't want to say as much as I do because it's taken me 15 years to get to that level. But sure, charge them them this much. Why not? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) What people are willing to pay for. So what what got you into the film production industry? Well, this is pretty much the only job I've ever have. I've only done film. I... The film industry kind of fell in my lap. This is way before uh, YouTube ever came out and stuff like this. I remember I was uh, in year 10, I think it was, 9 or 10, and I had this cool English teacher that I always have to thank her. Um, She said if I ever won an Oscar, I'd better be in her speech, but I'm never looking to get an Oscar. But um, her name's Prue Asmus. Never say never. Never trying to get to that level. I don't really care too much about (laughs) the awards or anything like that. Um, but, uh, she, her name's Prue Asmus and she told us that we needed to do a play for our English. And I was terrible in, at English. I'm a, I'm very dyslexic. I've just never been able to write. 
flat. Still to this day, I can't do it. Very great at maths, but not great, at, very great at maths. See, my English is not so good for me <laughs> now. Um, but basically, uh, she said that we needed to do a play. And I was like, I don't want to do a play. And I remember seeing my dad's, oh, it was my grandfather's old video camera. He used to carry around video cameras when he went on holidays. And I was like, can we, do, can we do a video instead? And she's like, yeah, as long as you write a script and perform it, we don't care. And me and my mates uh, that were in my team at the time uh, made this great script and made our whole entire class laugh that, um, and we got 100% for the assignment. And I was like, well, this is the first time I've got 100%. May as well wow. keep doing video. And uh, did it so much all the way through year 10, year 11, year 12, uh, did the final year 12 movie and even charged my students to pay me because I did it so I did it so well. I, well, it was to, for the DVD because I made them DVDs back then and stuff That's like that. Gold. And um, my mum got so mad at me doing it because I spent all this time doing the high school video instead of studying for my exams, for my final school exams, that she said, stop doing that video, you'll never make a career in film. And I went, screw you, mum, I'll show you. And Hold my Powerade. Yeah, exactly. And basically since then I've yeah, done pretty much everything in film. And I got it, I also don't, my mum is amazing and my mum and dad are amazing because after my grandfather's camera, they realised that I was doing it so much, they bought me my first camera. So I can't Aww. blame them. They came back they came from around. Thailand and they bought a crappy little little zoom video camera um this is the days i was editing on a vhs uh player and stuff trying to press record was didn't know how computers would be able you were to alive when vhs was a thing oh man yeah i was i was a big toy story vhs that toy story uh vhs got a play and a run through so did lion king those things literally got to the end and I loved the VHS that they got all the way to the end and they, they rewound themselves. Oh, yes. So they stopped at the end of the crowns and they rewound themselves. So I'd usually just sit there and then we'd literally do something in the credits and then all of a sudden the movie would be playing again and we'd be like, well, let's watch it again. And that's, we'd just repeat movies over and over again. But I'm a I did that movie. with Grease. Oh, Grease. Yeah. It's one movie that I've gotten halfway and people are going to judge me for this, but I got halfway through and went, what is this? Like I've loved, I love the songs. I've listened to the songs a thousand times, but the movie is stupid. I thought the movie was one of the weirdest movies ever, and I was just like, "Yeah, anyway. the heck. especially the the song and dance at the end that they're all just oh, yeah. singing." I thought that's words. what high school was like. Mm. Well, to be honest, if like the net generation after that was High School Musical, and that was just as stupid. As yeah. So. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. I feel like that I'm just going to lose a few problem, people in this it? podcast. Yeah, already. <laughs> so you've gone yeah, from so growing up and realising that you're actually pretty bloody amazing at mm. uh, video production. Yeah, well, that from pretty much from that, I, um, I was already working. Uh, as soon as I finished high school, I got a job uh, with a local filmmaker to do wedding videos and <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> hated wedding videos. I feel like that's um, a very consistent uh, response from many people in the wedding photography and video industry. <laughs> if, if you want to make money, it's a great thing to do. Go, go do wedding videos. If you're in the film industry to make money, but if you're in it to storytell, in it to collaborate with some good people, you're in the wrong department because you're working with people on the highest stress day, mm -hmm. trying to make everything so perfect. And then if you do not deliver the perfect video for them, the best quality that they're looking for, they'll get upset at you. 
Mm. And like, I remember some people when I was doing wedding videos that would yell at me because I didn't get their real mother in the video. And I was like, is she the one that was on your side? And then she's like, no, that was my stepmom. And I'm like, you didn't give me a family tree. How was I meant to know that that was not the real mom? Like you were hanging out with that one the most. I was like, like oh, I didn't Oh, it's just like, what is going on? You need the family map. <laughs> I literally did. I needed a scroll. I actually started asking for it. But to be honest, oh. um, I can't, I can't <laughs> say that was a bad Fine. thing because, yeah, literally renting. I bought my first camera, uh, took a small loan, and after two weddings, I paid it off. Because yeah, wow. weddings were paying about five grand a pop back then. That's a return um, so on investment. We were producing DVDs and DVDs. So about a week's worth of work, you're getting five grand as an 18-year-old. And I was like, okay, sweet, whatever. Um, and then from there, I, I decided to leave that. And I had a friend that was a very, very talented musician. And he basically asked me if I wanted to be his tour manager and create some video content while we were on the road. And I was like, yeah, sure. This is before, this is YouTube had just come out at this point as well. Right. So I was just like, yeah, okay, we'll just do some stuff and we'll just... I was just filming. I had one professional camera and like three crappy little zoom cameras still with DV tapes as well. I was still working with DV tapes and trying to capture that stuff on the road. And yeah, we made a bunch of live videos. Um, he, he's still a tra- touring and amazing musician, very, very well known. And basically me and him, uh, still great mates, but we did documentaries on his life and stuff like that. When he was, uh, I think he was like 18 at the time I was 19. And then, yeah, I worked with a lot of musicians after that, being tour managing and uh, working in the film industry there. But then I realized I wanted to actually work um, in the actual film industry. And during tours, I actually had a weird friend ask me to come work on a Bollywood shoot down in um, the Great Ocean Road. And I was like, it was a two day and you had to be a basically a runner, AKA they called the bitches of sets. And you just drive everyone, everyone, and you just do errands for everyone. So I was the bitch of the set. And basically from there, I was just like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing this uh, for a full-time job or at least just trying to get into the film industry. Mm. And I called all the right people accidentally. I was just like, hey, do you know anyone that's got a job? And they're like, no, I don't, but I have someone else that does. Call this person. I called this one person and she was like, and people don't know this about me, but I had huge dreadlocks at the time. Wow. My, yeah. All the way down to my ass, um, huge long dreadlocks. I always wanted long hair when I was a kid, but I didn't want hair like Fabio. So I was like, the only other option is dreadlocks. So <laughs> I had good, There's good maintained, yeah, good maintained dreadlocks. Even the, like, you can't say that they weren't gross. They were, they're dreadlocks. They're, but out of dreadlocks, they were the, Good high, high quality, dreadlocks. High quality yeah, like dreadlocks. someone that kind of washed his dreadlocks look. Ooh, um, but yeah. anyway, um, I called this one person and she's like, yeah, I've got a feature film coming up. And I was like, yeah. and this was my first job after the Bollywood, working on Bollywood for three days. And I was like, cool, I need a, I want to work on a feature film. And she's like, yeah, cool. I've got one coming up in about a month's time. Come down and meet me in Melbourne. And I was in Sydney on the time and I literally got on a train because there was no flights and I couldn't afford a flight anyway back then. Um, jumped on a train and got a train all the way down to Melbourne. And she's like, and I'm like, I'm in Melbourne. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm here. I'm here to meet you. And she's like, weren't you in Sydney like two days ago? I was like, yeah, I got here yesterday. And she's like, <laughs> okay, let's go and come and meet me in the office. I just want to make sure you're okay for this. I met her and um, 
I basically, uh, she met me and she was like, this is great. I, I like who you are. I'm a bit concerned about the dreadlocks. So she had to go talk to um, the boss and we called him Big Fat Tony as well. He loved this and he was a Big Fat Tony guy. And he went, um, she went around the corner and she's like, I got this guy. And I could hear it because it was thin walls. She's like, I got this guy. He's, he's awesome. I think he's going to be good for the position, but he's got dreadlocks. Are you okay with that? He goes, I'm big and I'm fat. Who cares? Just tiring. And I got my job and that was luckily enough. That job had Clive Owen, Jason Statham and Robert De Niro on it. So yeah, literally had all the top actors. And I was like, how did I get here? And I, what a way to pop your cherry. Pretty much. And then (laughs) after that, I literally knew everyone in the industry from that one job. And uh, worked yeah. for about five years in the industry, and but it's high intense work. Anyone that wants to work in the industry, you've got to be able to work ten to fourteen hour days. It's ten hour days minimum, but mm. usually you're doing a lot of overtime in Australia because we we do have a union, but not as a Americanized union. That's why everyone comes here to shoot because mm. we will work overtime. Uh, and yeah, basically we got to I got to five years and I was a bit burnt out. And I was like, okay, how about I run my own production company and. I started doing documentaries and uh, traveling the world and did that. And then um, during that time, I had heaps of companies. This is from when I first started to about, uh, it was about 10 years after. This is when YouTube, Facebook was all out at this point. Mm. Everyone wanted content. Everyone wanted to jump on Facebook, social media, all that kind of stuff. Everyone was asking us to do videos for about five. They want, they go call me up and they go, Hey, Wes, we want five videos for 500 bucks. And I'm like, guys, my videos start at two grand each. You can't, like, I can't do videos for 500 bucks. They're like, oh, just cut this cost. I'm like, no, I don't drop my quality. And then I had one guy, people asked me so many times. I was like, there was this one real estate agent. And I was like, okay, man, how about I teach you how to make your own videos? They're not going to be as good as mine, but how about I teach you how to make your videos? Let's just sit down for a day. You pay me 500 bucks and then you can make all the videos you want for five, $500 on your smartphone. I'll teach you on your smartphone. And he's mm. like, cool. Awesome. He's like, I don't need to buy any equipment. I was like, no, we'll just, I'll show you some of the videos. We might need to get you a tripod and some microphones and stuff like that. But let's, I'll, I'll go do some research. And I did some research, found the accessories and then, um, went to him for 500 bucks. I taught him. And then basically he was like, this is amazing. And started making amazing video content. And then I was like, cool. We had heaps of people asking more and more. And then after that, the production, uh, the production company, our business partner at the time that started taking over our professional work. So I literally said to my business partner, I was like, how about you take the business? Mm. I take this smartphone thing and I'll start that myself. And she was like, yeah, great. And she went off and did that. And I still freelance as a full-time filmmaker now. So I do about 50% teaching people and 50% actually making videos for clients as well still. So, um, and yeah, that's basically how Tap Edit Go started. So big crazy journey. So that's probably about 12 years since I first started. That is amazing. Yeah. And just just to see like the different, um, you know, like, parts of you know the the decades and how technology has changed and then obviously you know your interest in something has now become that answer to people's needs is well so awesome yeah it was it was to be honest my life is a long list of luck like <laughs> I'm, don't say don't, that. Oh, no no I, 
it's it's you 100% do make your own luck you do, totally make your own luck but luck comes around when you take an opportunity so that my life was just being going I'll take this opportunity go with it take this mm -hmm. opportunity go with it when an opposite like I know so many people that have opportunities I've even present, presented opportunities in front of my friends and they say I can't I'm too busy with work I've got this and I'm like well, you're missing out on a new direction or something that's going to lead to something else. If you stay on the same path, you've got one direction, you've got one map, but you're not mm. going to go on the cool adventures that you want to. Mm. I'm a big person that believes adventures are kind of life. I love just going on wild adventures, not knowing, mm. uh, but I understand people need some clarity and need some security. I've never been a person that needs security. To be honest, during this coronavirus, this is the first time I've rented anywhere for the last four years. I've lived in a van for the last four years. Wow. So I travel so much. So, and so I live in a van in Australia and travel around, stay at friends' places when I need to, then travel around America, travel around South America, wherever I need to go. And and because this business took over, I was we had to travel. There was no way I was going to rent. It cost too much. When you're all in lockdown, I've rocked, I've paid rent now. So yeah, well, at least you're not in Melbourne. <laughs> not now, but we don't Eek. know what's going to happen. Anyway, yeah. let's not talk about that because we could go on a rant for too long. Goodness me. Loving, <laughs> loving life right now. Right <laughs> Everybody now. is. Yeah, now, good times. this whole podcast is all about helping the people listening in that are business owners, business leaders, entrepreneurs, mm. uh, you know, even just self-leaders in their own mm -hmm. lives implement their own version of a value driven brand and you know considering what you have achieved in what short space of time a decade and a bit um you know i love that you uh as a business and a person delivering so much value to people all over the country and uh you know i understand you're now in a position where you're taking it digitally Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, as most people have to pivot at this point, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and by the way, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, <laughs> the Tap It It Go uh, courses very soon. But in your uh, experience, what are what what's that thing? What's that tactical piece of information that you would give somebody listening on how they can deliver their own value-driven brand? Well. I got an amazing piece of advice when I was very young um, is that because people think that you buy products mm. is online. Everyone buys this, buys this, buys this. Yeah, people do sometimes if you're buying directly just from online stores or anything like that. But if you run a physical location, if you're even doing a service, people don't buy products. People buy the people providing the products. So people buy for customer service. Basically, mm -hmm. that's it. And most of the value is the person. People don't really believe that, that having connection with your buyer and what you can actually provide to them mm. is great. And I believe it's true, but it's the same experience. Even if you sell a product online, people want that connection of you showing them how to do it. Mm. You showing them how, what's the best way to do things, what's the best way. They want to become like the inventors. They want to be the first buyers. They want to be anything they just want to be part of your journey and yeah. you providing some sort of customer value uh, to them is what you need to do. The value is really in being a provider to the customer. So mm -hmm. whether it's you invented this new product, you deliver it. People think Facebook, everyone goes 
the Facebook story, even the Facebook movie that we all watched. It wasn't about <laughs> Facebook. It was about Zuckerberg. Mm. Is people feel when you think Facebook, who's the person behind Facebook? It was Zuckerberg's story. And mm. who's the person behind Apple? It's Steve Jobs' story. Who's the person behind Microsoft? We all have followed these journeys of these big companies that we pay for as their products. But yeah. we, we know the story. We know the history. We know the value of what they give to us. Mm. But even it, like Apple is probably one of the best uh, people that provide customer service. Everyone, everyone gets mad at technology because we don't understand it. And if you hate <laughs> Apple, completely understand, everybody's fine with that. If you hate Apple, but you're not really hating the customer service that they provide because they provide amazing because it is all about what they teach is they teach you to basically, they teach their, their staff members to make sure they give you the best experience mm. in buying a computer or making sure that the technology works for you and your mm. need. They, every time I've been there, I'm like, my computer's stuffed and it's not working. If they realize it's not working, they give me a brand new computer sometimes. If it's wow. part of, yeah, if you, well, <laughs> if you know in Australia, and I'm not, I'm not sure where everyone's listening here, there's different laws, different countries and stuff like that. But Australia, they have a, um, they have a law where if it's not working and it's the actual computer's fault, they have to replace oh, it yeah, replace in, within two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, I say to, to the people listening out there, it's people are buying you. They're not buying your products. They buy mm. you. And if you, you can justify any price of any product if you give them some sort of service. You give yeah. them something extra that they never expected. So yeah. I, I do a range of different things to make sure I produce value to people because, mm. yeah, you can go, you can learn this stuff on YouTube. You can learn anything pretty much for free these days. To be honest, you could always learn anything for free if you were willing to go through a library mm. and filter through the information. If you need the certification, then that's a different story. But filmmaking is a trade. Um, you never need the actual certification to actually do it. It's If it's good enough and looks good enough and you can charge for it and people are willing to pay, mm. there it is. So my value, I would just say the values in the people and the stories you tell. Yeah. So, and that... I love that because in the stories that you tell, that is what your business is in this, in essence, helping yeah. other businesses do through the creation of content and, and being, you know, not brave well, being brave to just start something rather well, than waiting for something to be so polished and perfect and, and just get out perfect. there and, Perfect is the key word there, to be honest, because I was a huge perfectionist. That first video, the, the reason that my mum got super upset at me about spending a, all the time on the high school movie um, was it took me about three months to make because I tried to make it perfect. Mm -hmm. Spent so much time tweaking and adjusting and doing this and learning more. And then it paid off in the end because it gave me a career out of it. But... Um, <sighs> people really these days focus on the quality of their work and not the content itself. And I have always said to all my clients, it's not about quality. It's about content. Like I'm the reason this business started because I could have taught businesses how to shoot videos on DSLRs. There's big, big yeah. cameras. Oh, let me see if I've got one here. It's a camera that looks like this. Try to split, like teach you how to make a whole video on something like that. And mm. it's just not, it's too hard. It took me two years to work out how to, use one of those everybody knows how to use a smartphone it's mm. just the extra filmmaking techniques to have a little bit of extra quality so it doesn't look like it's amateur 
But yeah. I just tell people, people still focus on quality. They go, well, I need to make it look amazing. The lighting needs to be perfect. The audio needs to be perfect. I'm like, no, to be honest, even most businesses, they design a prototype and they get something that looks amateur and mm -hmm. they test it out in the market. And this is why Facebook is so good. And most of the internet, you have a market already that's following you that yes. you get to test. They're your advocates. They're your uh, first, uh, what's the word? First um, adapters, first, not adapters. I can't even remember the word. But anyway, they're the, the people that loved you first and they're trying, they're willing to try out with you. Mm. Test things out on them. I have a whole group of people I call tap edit goers that when <laughs> I have a new uh, training or a new little bit of advice, I go, hey guys, who wants to try this out first? So we've just, when we've been pivoting, because my business is only a year and a half old, we did one course and one course only. It was a physical course. We've had to pivot online. We did our first pivot. People loved it online because people learn differently online than they do in a physical course. Then we did some advanced stuff and we just keep testing it out on different people. And my tap at a goers are like, yeah, this is great. And they give me honest feedback. And I'm like, be as brutal as you want. Because I think, but the best thing is they've been on the journey with me from the very start. Mm. And if we ever change and we ever do something different, which we've got big plans to do different things, they're going to be the first ones that I'm going to approach. And yeah. people don't really respect your Facebook followers as people that know how gritty things are and know that you from the start, you're like, no, I need my Instagram profile to be perfect. No, it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be up there. It needs to just have content. It's content over quality really is what I say to people. So if you want to get good value, you just got to deliver value. You can't yeah. just go, I need to deliver amazing, the best, perfect value. I'm like, no, test out crappy value and see yeah. if people like that because you never know what people are going to like until you, you can think and you can guess. Mm. But that's why we do feedback forms. This is why we do this and everything. Feature films do that. TV shows, when they do, they, they call them pilots yes. for a reason. They do a pilot episode, which is the first episode, and they give it to a test audience to see if they like it. They go get a room full of a diverse range of different people from age, gender, uh, mm. race, whatever it is, and go, hey, guys, do you like this TV show? And they go, yeah didn't like that character or didn't like it. And then they have to go reshoot the pilot if it was bad. Yeah. And that, and that in business is, is called a, is a minimum viable minimum. product. MVP. An MVP. Yeah. yeah. You've just got to have something that's basic, that works, that's trying to show what you're trying to achieve and then deliver it to the audience and see what they think. Mm -hmm. And if they think it's good, then you upgrade from there. You train your quality because if live videos work for you, Great, do live videos. But I have a love-hate relationship with live videos because people do them poorly. Right. Um, yeah, I really have a huge love-hate relationship with just because this is what, I don't know, what's my phone? This is what people basically do with live videos and this is why I hate it so much. Facebook told you that you need to do live videos because we will get you to reach more people. And faith, your video and your content is never about reach. Mm. It's about engagement. It's about yes. holding people to watch from the start to the finish. Because if I made a video that it, if I shoved a video in front of people's faces on the street, that's reaching them. But unless they stop and actually watch it, mm. then it's not, it's not valuable. Putting it out yeah. there to the world is great. But if it's crap, people, it's, it's a bad video. So it's not about the reach. It's about who watched it from start to finish. So you yeah. always want to see the amount of views, not the amount of people it reached. That's yeah my thing but this is how most people when facebook first started they said hey do facebook videos because we'll reach more people and they just wanted the 
numbers to the say, number. you reach this amount of people. Wow, look how good you do. Pat on the back. No, it's not about that. This is what people used to do. They used to go, oh, hey, Facebook world, how are you? Um, I'm going live because Facebook told me to. Um, this is my house. Uh, this, is, this is my cat. His name's Tom. Tom, cat, ha, um, I've got nothing else to say, so bye. It's, it's the worst. It's my most hated videos. There's only two reasons you do live videos. And if people want to give value live and do live videos to reach more people, they've got to have a purpose. And there's a purpose yes. for live videos. Preach. There's only two. There's only two reasons you do it. The first one is you're trying to interact. You're trying to give information to the audience live. People mm -hmm. need to hear this information live. Like it's, it's, fresh it's new people have never seen it before they want to hear we actually uh, I, I, I probably shouldn't tell the full story i can't tell the full story but i'm proud enough to say as a owner of the tap at a go business we actually saved a town with a live video as a town that was going through a bushfire in tarthra this is not the big bushfires that happened in australia it was a year before that oh, um, yeah. but basically okay it's a tourism town and yeah. the news fire went through it news was going crazy and just saying the whole town's gone so everybody cancelled for their holidays everyone was like yeah. it was just before easter holidays everybody said every single person cancelled it's they just went no nah, we're not going to do this um and then from there uh, i called up the one of my clients who was caravan park there uh the caravan park resort and i was like what's going on and she's like everybody's cancelled i don't know what to do we're just phone calling everyone and i was like why are you phone calling can you do a live video right now mm. and they're like oh i okay uh well, why first of all i'm too tired i don't want to do it and the video wasn't amazing but people were looking for the information right there and then yeah. but the video they had a thousand thousand followers at the time um and fifty thousand people viewed it it reached seventy thousand people fifty thousand people viewed the video it got shared over a thousand times um we looked at all the back end and people were watching it from start to finish and their uh thing that they said in their live video which I always recommend people writing a script for their live videos, <laughs> write a script and perform it, rehearse it. Don't just do um, run rehearsed live video. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and their call to action at the end of their live video is we love your support. We love your thoughts. We love your prayers, but we need you to come to Tarthra, our town, yeah. all the businesses here, pride on tourism coming here for these two holidays, Christmas, Easter and Christmas, because everyone canceled for Christmas mm -hmm. as well, because everyone books their holidays 12 months in advance. Um, and then basically they said, we just need you to come to Tarthra. So everyone rebooked that canceled oh. for Christmas and Easter. So town was saved. But the greatest thing that happened is that Easter, Easter opened up, the doors opened up, town opened up because they had to close the town to get all rid of the ash and stuff. Uh, town opened up, first people rock into the park and uh, it's a family with three kids, husband and wife and three kids, they rocked in and my friend uh, who owned the resort, she said, oh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, what's your booking? And they're like, uh, we don't have a booking. We watched your live video. You told us to come. We're here. And she panicked because five oh, no. more people rocked up because check-in check at two and they were there at 10. And she's like, why are you so early? And then five more people rocked up that had driven through the night to get there. To and support they, them. To support them. Oh, so basically they called the council. I know. Oh, the, the, they they called the council to see if uh, the council had any spaces in their caravan parks because there's more parts around the town. And they said no, but just put them anywhere. 
So they were oh. basically, it became a festival for that uh, night and that full, full Easter is that people were just squatting in car parks on the street, <laughs> on the beach. Uh, people that had paid for sites were sharing with people that hadn't paid for sites and basically it saved the town because all the cafes mm. got the best revenue they ever did and they did that way. But it was producing information live to people right there. Um, and that was their value. It was that they were saying, we need to give you value, which is the information. The news is wrong. We're fine. Yeah. No one died. It's great. We lost a few houses. All the bushes burnt, but the town is fine and we need you to come back. And that was yeah. the value that they wanted to give to people. But if you're ever doing a live video, I say to people that you need to give as much value as you can mm. and you need to interact with them live. Don't just make a video and then say, oh, yeah, we're just going to put this out and just see how it is. People want to interact with you live. Mm. So make sure your live videos are interacting. This is the information live is great. That's the first thing. That's the same reason we watch live sports. Yeah. But the other thing is like Q&As. Make sure you have a plan with your Q&As if you're going to do live Q&As. And please, please, anyone listening out there, please do not do this because it is another hated thing for me is go like this, do a live video by yourself that's Q&As and go, give me one sec, I've got to read through all the comments. Um, um, who else is saying something? Um, that is very unprofessional and very boring. <laughs> I've moved on straight away. Have How a should they do it? Have, they should have a staff member or a friend watching the live video, writing the comments down, and when there's a gap of the person saying something, then the person behind the camera says, Hey, Wes, uh, Steve online has just ah. asked on the live video, uh, can you tell him how he gets his audio better in his smartphone? And then I go, thanks so much, Steve, for asking that question. Or have uh, put up a post and say, hey, guys, I'm going live on Tuesday. Does anyone have any questions now? I'll answer them live on the thing. And then have some backup questions. Don't wait yeah. for people live. Make sure you give value and you have some sort of structure. But yeah. the best live video, sorry, we've gone into live videos for value. Uh, it's fine. It's, fine, it's tactical and it's creating value. Yeah. I love well, it. This is, this is the best live video I've ever seen, ever, out of all the live videos I've ever seen. This is, this is an unprofessional smartphone live video, by the way. This is not uh, watching the surfing live on Facebook because I do that all the time because I love surfing. Mm. But it's not like watching sports or watching anything like that. This is someone that's just done something simple on their smartphone live video. And it's the best. It was run by a radio station in Melbourne called Fox FM. Mm -hmm. And I still can't find the video to this day because they didn't post it. It was just oh. for live. It went for two and a half hours and it didn't have a single person on it. And they did the greatest thing, which was they were trying to interact with the audience live. And almost any business can do this. It's amazing. Um, all it was was a house and they didn't even get permission to film the house. The house had the number, big number 67 on it. And it, they filmed it from across the road from that house. So there was a public road and a footpath in front of them and on the other side of the road as well. And they had a camera to set up and in front of the camera, they had a little tiny sign, little handwritten sign that said, first person here gets two free tickets to Bon Jovi. <laughs> and that was it. That was the entire live video. And every, you should have seen the entire feed. I jumped on a half an hour and I thought I was way too late. I saw that it was being going live for half an hour and I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. I was doing some work. I was just like, I'll leave it in the background, just read the comments every now and then. And people were going wild. And after an hour, I was like, no one's found it yet. I was like, oh, I'll do a little research. And then I was reading through the comments. People were like, 
Google street viewing, trying to find the house in Melbourne somewhere. And they were going everywhere and they're going, where is this place? And they're tagging their mates. They're like, are you on a construction site near here? I think it's this down. Go down there and get these tickets, all this stuff. And it just went wild. But they were trying to interact with the audience live. And wow. anyone could do it. The best thing about that video, though, is that someone walked past, walking their dog past that sign. And literally they said, hey, mate, because there was someone behind the camera. They were like, hey, mate, what's about that song? He's like, do you want two free tickets to Bon Jovi? He's like, yes, please. Grabbed the tickets and walked off. And everybody online was like, who the f- is this guy? Give that ticket. The best thing was interacting with the audience live. They were giving comments, they were giving feeds and all this stuff. But like I've seen, I gave that tip to one of my clients and they did a great job at this. They were a um, makeup uh, facial scrubbing place they would come and you just just go get a full facial sorry yep. I'm not a, <laughs> you know what i'm talking <laughs> the about technical but they term. Don't, the technical term i have no it was called screen skin skin hub is their is their company and i basically said do the same premise get your receptionist to set up a smartphone and a little sign at the reception behind the desk and say first person to say face scrub something or just some sort of word Say this to the receptionist, you get this free care package valued at 300 bucks. They wrote that out and they put it there. And literally every single, like every single person that walked into the thing and it went for four hours because they were a small little following and mm. no one could get there because it was in the middle of the day. It went for four hours and people were just sitting there going. And every time someone would come in for their booking, they would have it low enough so they couldn't see the face and they didn't say it. And the receptionist would look back at the camera and go, Sorry, didn't get it, kind of thing. And then just kept, she's like, literally, it was after four hours, someone came in and was like, what's that? I just looked at the Facebook. Is that a real? She's like, yeah, what's the word? And she's like, this. And then she got a care package. So So anyone can do a giveaway (laughs) that way, but you're trying to interact with the audience live. It's same as we're about to start our live ones is um, we're going to do giveaway packs of uh, accessories and stuff like that soon. But people have to write on a post the week before Mm. and then we do a live draw and we basically say their name live and unless they comment as the live video is going, they don't get the package. It's the same thing as a meat raffle or a lottery. You've got to be there to win it. You've got to be there to win it. So if you want people watching your live... Give them value to actually be there. Yeah. Make sure that they need to be there for a reason live. And if you're going, hey, guys, at the end of the live video, we're going to go do a giveaway. But you have to comment. If we draw your name out, you have to comment mm. below. And if you don't, then you don't get the prize. Yeah. And then, we, then we'll draw the names again next week. And until someone draws it, it can yeah. be a $1,000 prize, whatever it is. But you're, yeah. that's getting people watching your live. It's great. You pull it out of a hat or something and people, people's names kept getting, getting added. They have to subscribe or something and their names kept getting added. And every week you pull out a name and if their name's not drawn, that's it. And then they tag the name of the person and say, sorry, you missed out. Try again next week. Well, make sure you watch our live video next week. Anyway, that's producing value. As you can see, you're trying to interact with people live. You're giving value to them live. And Absolutely. live is the key word. People are like, oh, no, I'll just do a video and just make it live to reach more people. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. There's my For those of you listening, I implore you to go back to YouTube and watch this as well so you can really, really see <laughs> Wes's, how annoyed I get at people. Wes's facial expressions. <laughs> I, I get way too, I get way too You'll also get to sometimes. see me tear up when he tells <laughs> happy stories yeah. about bushfires. Well, 
Well, it's, it's, it's all about making a connection. People don't realize this and storytelling is all about making a connection. Also, yeah. I think people listening, you would also just miss me pick my nose on the screen as well. So oh, go back and watch the, go back <laughs> the, and watch it. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> Improve my YouTube views. Feel free there to we subscribe. Go. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whereas we are just out of time, but you have yep. done such an amazing job at sharing so many fantastic points on how we can oh, deliver so a value-driven brand for our customers and <laughs> in our business and, and just so simply easily as well. If you are uh, intrigued or curious or uh, wanting to know more, you can catch up with Wes. There's a few different ways you can catch up with Wes. He's uh, prolific on Facebook at Tap Edit mm -hmm. Go. Um, that's definitely one of the first places you can that's go. That's one of the core places that we do our interaction. So is yeah. Instagram. But again, I, I, just going on this topic, sorry to cut you off, but no, no. I, I, give, I give value on different platforms for different reasons. Yes. So I, I tell people, people think Facebook's a website. It's not. It's a place for your communities to connect mm -hmm. and produce value. So this is the way, I, the, one of the weirdest things I do, and this is just a smartphone video tip for anybody out there, is that People ask me questions on Facebook all the time and I do not, and again, I said I was dyslexic. I do not have time to write something, type it out and try to reread it and give you step-by-step -step guides. I record videos for you. I go, hey, thanks so much for your question. Here's my answer. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's Wesley. He's answering <laughs> a question to me. And I'm like, it's 10 seconds of my time to answer, my que answer your question instead of me writing out for two minutes. And plus I'm giving you value. I'm actually giving you a personal connection, which yeah. is what Facebook's about. Everyone's trying to connect. It's, a, it's social media for a reason. You're trying to be social with people. It's, think about it the same way as when you're trying to network out in the community. You're trying mm. to talk to people face to face. You don't sit there and go, no, no, I don't want to talk to <laughs> let you. Let me draft my response. Here, 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 <laughs> let me draft my response and hand it as a flyer to you. Kind of, no, that's not how that works. People will throw that flyer out. They want a connection. Yeah, so like flies. my website is where people find out more information and they can do as much digging as they want there. Mm. Um, we even put some grammatical errors on our website mm. to see if anybody yeah but it makes people start a conversation with you we purposely did it so there's a couple of commas a missing and there's a yeah <laughs> but it, it makes people go makes people write to you and go hey you've got it just letting you know you've got a bit of a grammar issue here and i'm like well at least you were paying attention thanks so much for we purposely put it there to trigger you yeah, why do you yeah. trigger so much on grammar and all that stuff <laughs> But like I, I said this the other day, I actually did a uh, online conference yesterday and I came up with this thing because people, people ask me about you, what, what's the difference between YouTube, Facebook and uh, Instagram? Because they're mm -hmm. the three core platforms for videos these days. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the difference between those three? And I said to people, YouTube is like a cinema. People sit down, they actually get comfy and they want to watch a video from start to finish. They mm -hmm. go search something they actually schedule time to actually sit there and actually pay attention facebook is like tv they're flicking through their channels just to find something good and as soon as they find something good they're hooked they're like this is great and instagram is like a photo album with videos they're looking mm. for nice pictures they're flicking through an album they're like they're not reading the descriptions they're not really listening they're just like oh this is nice oh this is nice and they just want to 
look through your albums and your Instagram page is your photo album that they mm. pull out and they go, oh, I like this one. And they might have a pre-catalog of all these other photos that they can see mm. um, and a filter search of all these mixed jumble photos. But if they want to select that one, they pull out the album and open it up. So yeah. cinema, Facebook and Instagram, they work differently. And you've got to think about your videos differently and the value that you give to people on those platforms differently. So make sure yeah. you produce the right value there. Sorry, there's I another rant for you. Couldn't agree more. I constantly, constantly tell my clients, stop putting the same content on every single platform like they're the same thing with the same purpose. <laughs> they are different and you need to treat it's, them it's with the respect. And yeah. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. No, 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 no. Look, look in, in ideal terms, I plan to make myself redundant out of all of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's the same way because like, I, I host my, well, I have a co-host with me and another competitor, a direct competitor. This yeah. is another thing that we produce value. I had a competitor that comes to me, he does the exact same thing I do. And he's like, hey, man, I just thought I'd let you know I'm here in the world as well. And I was like, hey, dude, how about we run a podcast and we give value to people who we just own the space? We call it the Smartphone Video Podcast. And it's just me and him talking about smartphone videos. So we just go, here it is. And this is what we do. His name is Julian Mather and he's awesome. Um, he works in the corporate space a little bit more than I do. I do more small business and helping individuals out and he helps businesses out. And it's amazing. But yeah, he interacts differently and gives value to people differently to what I do. But we make sure we give as much value as we can because mm. people want, we give tips and tricks away for free and we give most of our information away for free as much as we can. Yeah. But then usually how this works is everyone's like, I don't want to give everything I have away because then what am I going to sell? People sell the simplicity of your plan. Mm. and someone doing it for them as well. They don't buy the information because information is free. Yeah. Give the information free to people. But when people are like, oh, no, I just want something that's simple that I can go tick off a list and then I'm going to be good. I don't want to have to keep searching and doing it all myself and then try to figure it out and then not know what I'm doing and make mistakes. They want that personal connection with you and that personal connection is what they should pay for. The yeah. information should be free. It's so true. I've got other consultants in... Uh, in my industry who do very, very, very similar work to me in customer experience and, and leadership and, and whatnot. And I share their content all the time. And people say to mm. me, why do you share their content? And I'm like, why not? And they say, mm. well, what if someone ends up liking them and going with them instead, you're losing, you know, big dollars. And I said, to be honest, you know, for example, there's, there's um, a lady called Lana. She's the most wonderful lady. She's intelligent. She's, uh, you know, been around her, her career is impeccable. What she teaches is fantastic. Her and I have very similar values, but she is, has a different personality to me and I'm probably a little louder and maybe more <laughs> obnoxious and, yep. uh, and she's very patient and lovely and I'm not, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes people want, Lana and I'm like you know that's great because she's amazing so go to exactly. Lana and then some people are like actually Lana's a bit you know like oh, I like the fact that you swear and I go great yeah. so do I so come <laughs> over to me <laughs> yeah exactly there is you know it's it, as you said it's all about a there is plenty for everyone but b mm. we're here to deliver value to the people it's not about us you yeah. know but yes we connect start. with the it's... people that 
that value you. Yeah, and people buy people. They don't buy the service. They don't buy the product. Yes, that is the end result that they get, mm. but they buy who gives it to them. Yeah, They buy the people that are actually selling it to them because that's what they want. My girlfriend mm. just bought a $700 surfboard when she's just starting out because a guy sold it to her really well. She was like, he said, this is the perfect one. I should be buying a secondhand cheap one, all this kind of stuff because a guy sold it to her really well. And yeah. she said, I bought it because he was great. I, I, I thought he spent enough time with me and I appreciate his time. I appreciate his value. So I spent extra money just for him because he was yeah. great. People buy people. They don't buy products or services. They buy the people providing it to them. So I agree. Go. And for the people out there, you can buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the hair and everything. I like it. I like it. That's good. Now, before I let you go, yep. uh, by now, all of the people listening on will have learned that uh, I ask all of my guests who come onto this podcast, what is the one song that gets you ready for anything? Now, do you mm. remember the song that you told me? I, I have a variety of different songs and my, my, I've got a current one. Okay. Um, it's mainly because I told you that I was a tour manager. We used to have a tour song for each and like there's been a bunch of tours that I've been on that like, uh, hey Jude from the Beatles was a song and stuff like that. But my current one was uh, just something that I, when I took my team on tour, it was the song that woke us up each morning. It's called The Real by the Busty Bass. Bass, sorry, B-A-S-S. Real by the Busty Bass. And um, it's awesome because it's got a lot of horns. It's got a lot of... It goes really upbeat and fast paced and then it turns really sexy and very slow and then it builds up and then it goes really sick hardcore and then it goes sexy again and it ends on a good note it's all it basically pumps you up it's about five that's how to get the blood pumping in the morning oh yeah every morning we listen to it on tour it's one of my favorite songs at the moment i love it i love it so much that every guest who gives me an answer to this uh question i go and add that song to a special (laughs) playlist that the more guests that join me on the value driven boy, value driven brand <laughs> podcast. I can't speak. I'm so excited. Uh, the value driven brand podcast and my Twitch stream. Uh, all of these songs are being collated so that anyone listening will also have access to that Spotify playlist. And yes, there will be no excuses. You will be pumped for anything. You will have your blood blowing through those <laughs> veins and you will be ready to create value in your own business, life, and brands. Where's Alan? Thank you so much for your amazing insights, for your tactical tips, and for anyone so that wants more. to connect with Wes after this, you are more than welcome to catch up with him either on his Facebook page at tapeditgo or at tapeditgo.com.au. I just dot com. Oh, just dot com. My apologies. Just the dot coms. We're at the dot coms. (laughs) And uh, if any of that feels like too much, you can also go and visit the Value Driven Brand podcast at valuedrivenbrand.com as well. And all of Wes's details will be available there as well as this recording. Wes Allen from Tap Edit Go. Thank you. Oh, welcome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And it was fun. Till next time, everyone. Have a fantastic week and go and add some value to somebody. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. 
Is your business struggling to become known as the sought after leader in your industry? Access our value-driven brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.